0: Hello and welcome to The Reset, a mental health podcast without all the bollocks. I'm Sam Delaney. My guest this week is Dan Flanagan, the founder of dad's group Dadless Soul. I've talked before on The Reset about how fatherhood can be isolating and lonely, especially when your kids are still quite young. The world of parenting seems to be set up predominantly for women, and a lot of blokes struggle to find their place or their people when they're taking care of their children. Plus, As you hit middle age, your social circle can shrink and it's harder to make new friends. Dan Flanagan has addressed all of these issues with Dad La Soul, a brilliant organisation that brings together dads and their kids in fun, useful and cool ways. Forget being the only dad at rhyme time in the local church hall, I remember those days. Dad La Soul is about getting together in stylish places for activities surrounding music, tech and arts that everyone actually enjoys doing. I absolutely love the spirit of this group. I loved raising my kids when they were little, but it wasn't half boring sometimes. Dan has helped to change all that. I'll let him explain more. I hope you enjoy listening to our chat. Dan Flanagan, welcome to The Reset.
1: Thank you very much for having me on this. It's a nice, sunny Tuesday morning, so it's nice to be doing something it, very, very it, different.
0: It might be where you are, mate, but... Um... <laughs> I'm here in London and it is absolutely miserable and drizzly, but you know, uh, this conversation I'm sure will brighten my day anyway. Um, well, I'm
1: on the south coast, uh, just about Worthing's, about 15 miles away from Brighton, and I can lovely. see the sea and the, oh. the sun is now shining off the sea, so you hate yeah. me
0: already, don't you? Oh, no, I know, well, I'm, I'm jealous because I absolutely love that part of the world, mate. Um, yeah. So anyway, tell us about um, your organisation and how it got
1: started. Yeah, so I run a non-profit called Dadless Soul. Uh, we exist to orchestrate a revolution in the way that the stories, struggles and the struggles of the six million dads in the UK are seen, heard and supported. Basically how it started, um, go back 40-something years and my my parents split up and unfortunately due to my mum's uh, ill health, my dad got custody of me and my three te- then-teenage sisters Right. This was in the sort of very late 70s, early 80s, so that was wholly unusual for the time anyway, uh, for, you know, a man to get custody. Yeah. But then I saw the sort of firsthand, the the abject lack of support. You know, there were single-parent sort of groups, but they tended to be things like gingerbread, which at the time it was very female-dominated in dungarees, supporting CID. Uh, CND. Yeah, CND, yeah. My dad went to Oxford and he was an architect and very, very different sort of uh, background. So, yeah, it was, there was a lot of up and downs and I saw the world through a very, maybe different pair of eyes. But then fast forward, say back to 40 years, I'm a senior analyst in a media agency. I've got a nice house in suburbia. I've got a young family. I'm uh, commuting all the time. And my, unfortunately, there was a series of things that actually happened, but the main one, my my dad got vascular dementia. And I was caring for him um, while living at the South Coast, having to go back, you know, every week. And then he, he sort of passed away. And I did a typical bloke thing of basically ignoring the grief because I just had to get on with stuff. And then, sort of, six months, down the line, it came and knocked me sideways um, because rather than doing the sort of healthy thing as we do now, talk about that, mm. just didn't, I'm a mean, geezer, don't, yeah, uh, yeah. Just it's fine, I knew it was coming, deal with it. Um, it made me really, really ill. Um, one of the sort of side effects was that I ended up getting chicken pox for the second time, uh, courtesy of my lad. And- I didn't think it was possible. Oh, it is, if yes. And it, as an adult, when you get yeah. chicken pox in very odd areas as a man.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. It very much was. Um, but what I, happened then is that I was confined to barracks because I couldn't leave. Also, mm. I looked like John Merrick, the elephant man, so I wasn't going to leave the house anyway. Mm. Um, but I realised I, I played with my son a lot more than I had done in probably months because I was always, I'd leave early in the morning for the commute. I'd get home just about if I was lucky to put him to bed. Yeah. Um, and even then, you know, I probably wasn't that present because I'd still have client emails on my phone to deal with. I'd say, oh, go to bed, go to sleep, mate. So I need to deal with this. And then, um, you know, as I have him on a traditional sort of dad day, which is a Saturday, and there was nowhere to go nothing to do um so i ended up sort of leaving my my sort of corporate role and going freelance because i realized i i'd missed so much of his life already yeah and having the having just lost my dad but dad is a single parent and running quite a successful business Mm. we probably didn't have that early years one-to-one time because it just it wasn't possible so i didn't want to sort of replay those mistakes um about that sort of time i'd I'd started writing you know i tried to be a very hands-on dad and you know read the books and look for blogs but at the time there was there was nothing really out there that really resonated with me you know i had been to nct if any of the listeners done it we did it we did one nct but then my, my son decided to be premature um but that was all about how to support your partner through breastfeeding which is obviously yeah, yeah. very important but even that and you know things the visitors well, uh, trips with the health visitor nobody actually asked how I was
0: yeah yeah you know
1: and we we are seen as a, a sideline so yeah I, I started writing because I couldn't find anything out of it. that went really well we ended up it became an online magazine called don't believe the hype and we mm-hmm. had sort of 18 different dads writing A bit, you know, I kind of said it from I know you had James Brown on uh, a little while ago, so it was kind of the loaded generation when new lad became new dad. Yes, so that was my sort of almost trajectory, uh, I suppose. Um, So yeah, through that I was able to finance, like not going back to the corporate role, so I was able to go and volunteer at nursery school. It was a uh, a beautiful moment, actually. It was a Monday morning, and I, I volunteered at the nursery. My son was at, and I took a load of four and uh, three and four year olds down to the beach for beach school. And oh. I was yeah, I was convinced. I convinced them that we were going dinosaur hunting, right? And I'm thinking, well, a few weeks ago I would have been at a status meeting for a very large, well known financial brand. Yeah, yeah, looking at spreadsheets and stuff. And now I'm full of laughter and happiness and stuff and it just sort of yeah it, it kind of went from there with dadless soul I just got fed up again, going to mother and baby boots and feeling like you know an outsider mm. it's mm. it's kind of hard to break into those groups anyway if you're a mum if you're a dad you know I had conversations like that you know, haven't you got a proper job you know what you're doing yeah. here on a, a Monday morning or there's ones where yeah, you know, he's probably here to have an affair
0: um, yeah, yeah, you can get treated with suspicion in those things, yeah, can't you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or that, you know, you're, you're a paedophile or all kinds of stuff. And I just thought, yeah. why? It's just, it's just in this day and age, we should be supported. And it's like, I kind of got a bit disruptive and angry. It's like, well, if you don't want us, I'll go and find something that does want us. And it didn't exist. So I put my flag in the ground one Saturday. And just said like you know does anybody want a dad's play date um convinced the pal of mine who had offices in brighton to let us have it for a saturday um we had uh techniques turntables in there we were doing dj battles beatboxing battles soft play um crafting and it was about 14 dads and 20 odd kids causing absolute chaos but yeah. what i realized was none of these dads were on, a, on their phones They were, they were talking. And you imagine when, you know, going back to when your kids were younger, you'd go to maybe kids parties and stuff like that. The dads seemed to sink back and the mums take over. Yes. And because the mums weren't there, because it was a dad and male carrier, we got to do what we wanted to do. And it was lovely. And sort of from that moment, we've been around about five years we're up to about 2,500 members in eight different countries. The idea is that in different spaces, we do play dates. So everything, say, from DJ workshops, we've had stand-up comedians come in to do dads versus kids, uh, joke battles, authors. Um, I raided the back of a factory and got hold of a load of cardboard and ran a maker's session. Brilliant. And the, the idea is that, you know, if you do go to a sort of traditional sort of kids' activity – tends to be in a Churchill and you're there yes, with yes. some secondhand soft plate yeah. and some weak orange squash. Yeah. And
0: is that... Let's be honest. It can be depressing. I mean, yeah. my kids are grown up now. You're reminding me of those times where, you know, I've always been freelance. So I was mm-hmm. uh, back when my kids were little, my wife had a full-time job in town every day and I was yeah. freelance, which meant that we did have childcare. They went to a childminder, they went to nursery, but a lot of the time I was picking up the slack. And the truth is, it could be bloody depressing at times. As much as it's lonely, like, isn't you it? spend time with your kids, when you talk about drafty churchills, feeling a little bit out of place because you're the only bloke there, et cetera, et cetera. It can, yeah, it can, and you can just feel lonely
1: and bored. It, and he's trying to do the, you know, the right thing. And even like just going down, simple things like going down the playground, mm. mums can meet and they'll exchange a number and organise a play date. Yes. But we have this restriction. You can't go and talk to somebody else's missus and phone them up and say, do hanging out?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And, it, you know, we should be more, you know, emotionally intelligent in this world, but we're not. So it's like, actually, with the, the playdates that we do, the dads and kids can come along. So we've got, you know, when you say it's a dad's organisation... People already automatically assume that we dress up in superheroes, costumes, hate yeah. women. and stuff, but it's not. <laughs> Yeah, you can climb up Big Ben. Yeah, it. I, I understand some of those fellas need to do that, and I respect that, but that's not yeah. what we're about. Yeah. So we've yeah. got you know, dads that are happily married. You've got dads like me that co-parent, uh, gay dads that have gone through the adoption process, foster carers, and the yeah. idea is that they can learn some new skills, because the other thing about this is that I'd look on social media for ideas uh, of entertainment and activities and then just feel trash because I wasn't very good at DIY or making camps and stuff. Um, yeah. But all the dads, it is a village mentality. So we had um, dad that was a filmmaker came in and showed us how to script and storyboard our own films. You think, But next time it's a rainy Sunday and the kids are driving you nuts, rather than sticking in front of the TV, we're going to make a movie you're in charge of storyboarding, you're in charge Brilliant. of effects. Brilliant. Um, and it's that, that sharing of skills. And then mm. the the beauty of that is that the dads make friends and then they've gone off and sort of, they organise their own activities. Like, oh, I'm going to take the, the twins swimming. I'm not very confident. See anybody fancy going? Yes. Or, um, yeah, I don't know what to do. Or, you know, there's a, there's a lot of what came out of my Sort of, I suppose, challenge because as a middle-aged man, you, your social circles get smaller, and yeah, it does yeah. tend to operate around the school run. Um, or your friends are the people that maybe your 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 wife or your partner's met on the school run. Yeah, and they organise your your whole social calendar. But what happens if they're not your people? Yeah, you know, it becomes very, very, very lonely. And as middle aged men, we don't talk about us. Nobody wants to put their hand up and go, hello, I'm the Billy No Mates.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But the truth is, there's thousands of us that actually are. Yeah, it's, it's
0: really, I mean, I talk about it a lot on my other pod and top like time machines, just like you, you know, you you do as you as you get into your 40s you just socialize a lot less you're more tired and you're social so you fall out of touch with old mates yeah and uh it's it's really really tough it can be really tough and like yeah it, it's great that you're giving people also it's about normalizing you say put your hand up and say i'm a billy no mates i really would like to just normalize people being able to say that because yeah. we all have a hint of it do you know what i mean yeah We've all experienced more, that feeling. Um,
1: I was going to say that, you, yeah, you know, I realised I had pals, mm. but, you know, where I'd moved into suburbia, because I used to live in a lot of Brighton, mm. have a young family in Brighton's a nightmare, so we moved over to Worthing, And I just didn't know anybody. So it's not just, you know, if you don't do five-a-side or these traditional bloke activities, you're even more limited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was embarrassing. And I thought, oh, yeah, I've got mates. But most of them were on Facebook or back up. Yeah, home. yeah. Um, nobody to go for a couple with or actually really open up and go, you know, this adult thing is really bloody hard. I'm trying and I don't understand this. I don't understand that. But I don't know who to ask because I don't want to be seen as a failure. Mm. Um, or it's just it can be embarrassing. So with the, the community we built, because you've got all dads from very different socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, we've got uh, ex-offenders being friends with police officers, we've got millionaires that are friends with dads on benefits. Yeah. And the, the common factor is, like, how do you negotiate with your three-year-old when they won't put their bloody shoes on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so you see sort of the wisdom of the village. And, he, yeah, I, I, I've met vastly different range of blokes that if you'd met them you know that got the nice house nice car swanky job and stuff like that but when we open up all the stuff comes tumbling out so um outside of the play dates obviously we had lockdown happened so we had to go online and then the i think it's the end of lockdown one somebody just said does anybody fancy a pint i've been out for years yeah. it seems like years yeah and we go, yeah yeah so a group of us started meeting in a, lo- a local pub and that grew. So now we run sort of dad only sessions because we did about six or seven in the pub, but then I realised it's, it's quite hard. You've got to be brave to walk into a strange pub and see a group of ta- group of fellas that you don't know. Yeah. Um, or as we discussed before we recorded, it's really expensive to go to the pub. Or yeah, it is. Maybe you don't want to drink. You don't want to be surrounded by that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So now we've got uh, a partnership with an amazing co-working space called Freedom Works. Yeah. It give, it give us that space and so we've got a pool table, we've got VR headsets, tea, coffee, Uh, sponsorship. Big shout out to the Unbarred Brewery that supplies with beers. And the, the guys come, al- come along on a Thursday night. So it's a bit like a youth club for dads. So it's yeah. Biker Grove for grown-ups. <laughs> That's <laughs> wonderful. And what we realise is that... They, They chat, but then this is, rather than sitting around in a circle, maybe like a traditional group therapy. Yeah. We just let people chat and put some tunes on and stuff. And out of that, the conversations come. So we had a guy that turned up a couple of months ago, and within five or 10 minutes, he said, you know, a couple of years ago, I walked downstairs on a Tuesday to put put the tea on and had a stroke. Wow. Completely out of the blue, and he went blind. and He said it took him to the darkest of places because he thought he'd never sort of see his kids again. Um, thankfully, he's you know, he's much better now. But he said, I've never spoken about it. Um, another guy that came in again you know, about a month ago didn't really say a lot, sat down with some of the first, opened up that he's you know, his wife's got stage four brain cancer, right? Wow. Um, or you know, dads that have had you know. Serious, you know, relationships with substance abuse, um, and a part of their recovery, they've had to get rid of everybody in their phone book. Mm. So, out of you know, people say, "Oh, you know, just do some cool stuff with the kids." There's this other side that's kind of grown organically, and it's it's really beautiful because, isn't it? It's where what was it? A nuclear physicist, somebody that um, advises the government on tropical diseases talking to a landscape gardener, talking to a pal of mine that, you know, uh, runs a mobile phone shop. And these guys would never have met, like very different social circles, very different schools and all of that. But they're coming in, they're making friends, they and went off to the um, cinema to to watch Terminator 2. We've got a a football team. We do sort of sea swimming and uh, hot pod yoga. So it's all those things that, I maybe want to try some activities, but I've got nobody to do it with. And I feel a bit again daft with Dad LaSalle. So anybody fancy doing that? Yes, I do.
0: Yeah. And they've got a
1: social life there.
0: I feel like you're painting a really interesting picture that I think I can really relate to, and I'm sure lots of listeners to us that you spend, say, your teens and your twenties socializing, making friends. And then maybe in your thirties, when you start a family you kind of disappear and drift apart. And by the time you re-emerge and are interested in socialising, you've changed so much as a person, your interests have changed, your ambitions have changed, and you do want more a lot of the time than just going, like, you know, maybe socialising in your teens and 20s was just about going out and getting off your face somewhere and you, yeah. you want to try more things than that, but who do you do it with because you've drifted away from those old pals. So it's almost like you're giving people a, a second chance
1: to reboot themselves. Yeah, we kind of, as you get older, you almost um, forget who you are. My my partner, bless her, we had a conversation about a year ago and she said, you know, what are your hobbies? Mm. Well, I don't know. I've got things I'm interested in, but I don't have time to actually do them. You know, I want to learn how to DJ again or I want to learn how to, you know, spend some more time writing mm. because it tends to be you focus on your career and the kids and then supporting your partner your needs yeah. become so far down the priority list that you are, oh, you know, well, you know, I've got broad shoulders, I can take it. Yeah. Um, but actually what you realise, if the, the men are more sort of happy and engaged and not so socially isolated, the family unit, fit, unit benefits, because now the kids have got some great activities to do. The, you know, the wife or the partner has a bit of time to herself. Yeah. You know? Or they can see, there was one of our guys, uh, Magic Dave, as we call him. Um, He was referred to us by his ex-partner. He started coming um, to our online sessions. Didn't say boo to a goose. Uh, Then his sort of confidence grew and he opened up and they had, a, I think it was about just under a year old. And his young dad, he's separated, Uh, lives in the middle of nowhere, very, very isolated. But now he's come along and he's volunteering. He's running some of the groups. And we had a lovely sort of message from his ex saying, this is, we can see the benefits. You know, me and him are getting on much better together. He's mm. got a much more sort of confident relationship with our daughter. Thank you very much. And now he's almost become a listener for other dads. Yes. In a similar situation. Go, Christ, you know, if you're on your own and you've got a little girl, how old do you do her hair? I don't understand about girls' yeah. clothes, yeah, um, and I don't have anybody to ask. But as a well, we all make mistakes, we all fall over, mate. But yeah, now go and share what you learned over there.
0: Yeah, it's a, it really is a magical, magical stuff. And it, you know, I, one thing I learned, you know, as a recovering addict myself, one thing that I learned early doors was people saying, you know, if you want to be a, a great dad, a great husband great son, brother, or anything like that, you've got to look after yourself first. And I think the, the, what you're saying rings so true is that so many blokes think in their pursuit to be everything and be, like, absolutely a great family man, they end up sort of destroying themselves. That happened to me. I was, like, so intent on uh, stretching myself to juggle the career and being a great dad and all the rest of it that you're constantly sacrificing yourself, and that means your own health both physical and mental you're exhausted all the time but also you do sort of let go of the other things that used to maybe bring you pleasure uh socializing or or hobbies or, or what have you and then you find yourself in a really low place and that's why it's because you haven't looked after yourself or put yourself first and you know in recovery they always say you know you can't be good you you cannot be a good dad you cannot be a good husband or any of those things unless you're putting yourself first and looking after yourself and your own health right mm. and it takes years and in my case and lots of other men's cases like a real crisis to come round to that and i think that what you're doing is incredible because it's showing blokes you know what it's not it's okay and it's actually very important for you to build a life that brings you some form of fulfillment satisfaction and joy Life doesn't just become about you constantly sacrificing yourself and saying, I'm the bloke, I'll I'll throw away everything just for the sake of the family.
1: Yeah. you have always that hunter-gatherer mentality, isn't it? That we it's kind yeah. of inbred into us. It doesn't matter what happens to us, we're strong enough to take it. Um uh, but it, it the simple human need for friendship is yes. so so important. And the the, the stats uh um, you're aware of just how dangerous it is if men don't talk. With you know, I think the, the calm statistics is uh, 84 men under the age of 45 are being lost to suicide every single week. And rather than wait for point the crisis, actually, if we can inter but sort also of do interventions as the you know the medical industry would call out, what we do three or four steps before that, hopefully there's going to be less blokes reaching that crisis point because they've got um they've got an audience you know we've got a like a whatsapp group and a private facebook group that any time of the day people can vent and there's heartbreaking stuff that's coming out there but also really heartwarming stuff we had a dad that um i think he was mid 40s and he came out right Mm. and he said i've been living this life but during that conversation, my, my eight-year-old and my 12-year-old heard. And, you know, what do I do? And it was just this massive outpouring of support from the blokes. Yeah. Saying just how amazingly strong he must have been to be braver to take that decision and how much benefit the, the kids will have. You know, there's going to be some hard times, obviously. But in the future, because they've got a dad that's honest and true to himself, they're going to benefit. Or you know dads that have had children that have you know reassigned their their genders and going yeah I don't understand this I want to support but the stuff I'm I want to say out loud is going to make you sound like a bigot and it isn't because I, I just don't know I just don't understand and there's, yeah. again you can open up about all of this kind of stuff and get this support and we've got listen. Uh, one of our fellas, uh, Uncle Al, as he called him, he's an agony, well, not an angry uncle, he's a GP and a conflict mm. resolution expert. So the guys can go to him or they can go to one of our, you know, professional wellness advisors. Go, Look, there's, there's this stuff that's troubling me that oh, I I just don't know. And that's where we have so many sort of tight ropes of issues as blokes not being able to put out and go, I don't understand this. Um, I need some help. Um, and that's the thing that we're actively trying to change, where you can go, come and have a game of pool, you know, go on the VR headset, have everybody laugh at you because you've just been on a roller coaster at Jurassic Park and now <laughs> you're screaming like a toddler. <laughs> but, you know, two minutes later, you sit down having a cup of tea, pouring your heart out about what it's like to live in a sexist marriage for eight years because you don't need kids to come from a broken home.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's so true. And one of the other things that's coming through that I think is really important is that, you know when you become when you encourage blokes to talk about their feelings or their problems which you know you're doing and and I'm trying to do here and and everyone is trying to focus on more these days i think that the biggest barrier for me when i was younger and didn't do that stuff was I thought it was about becoming a bit boring and weird. And when you talked about men's support groups or opening up, I thought we're back to church, drafty church hall territory. Yeah. But also, it's like you can't be a lad anymore. So I grew up like you referred to yourself as well. I was a Jack the lad. You know, I was I, I was I was part of that loaded generation. I, I thought it was all about not just drinking, but just being stupid and and not taking anything seriously, least of all yourself. And, and I sort of felt that if you changed and became someone who's a bit more reflective or sort of mindful of your feelings, then you had to completely trade all of that in. And I think what you're doing, uh, you know, having looked at the sort of stuff you're doing, showing to you today, is you're proving that you can still. You don't have to trade in your Jack the Lad card. You don't have to become boring and weird. You can have a laugh whilst also being a bit more authentic and sharing stuff with with the other lads. And that that striking that balance, I believe, is the key to all this. And that's why what you're doing is so wonderful because I, I think that's everything I see about Dad La seems to be kind of walking that that delicate that delicate balance.
1: Thank you. I, I think it is, um, it comes from, you know, my my past experience because I wouldn't have gone and uh, sought help or sat mm. in a church. I know there's some ag- amazing organisations that do, but it just wouldn't have be been for me. And yeah. going back to the play days, I don't want to sit in a drafty church or actually I've got a background in events. So why can't we have a little bit of quality here? Yeah. You know, yeah. put them, we've done them in... Uh, uh art centres, we've done them, we've taken over uh museums, theatres. Um our space in Worthing at the moment is actually a day centre for adults with learning difficulties. So there's a beautiful sensory area already there for dads with kids that have additional needs because they're even more isolated. Um we're just about in the 12th of November we're launching in Brighton in a seven story tech innovation center. So they've got, you know, AI technology, they've got makers spaces, all this nutty, amazing tech
0: yeah. that we can
1: come in and, you know, that hits a very different line because where that, that venue is is opposite a um, a very large social housing um, estate so that right. the community there wouldn't have normal social assets, uh, access to these sort of facilities. So we're, we're bridging the gap then and what we do is, uh, you know, so we're the same age, so we... Remember the school dinners? If you had free school dinners, they made you sit on a separate table and you couldn't go and sit with your mates. I'm not having any of that. So we have a very low ticket price anyway. But we also offer free and no questions asked. So it shouldn't just be, all the these are the cool, trendy dads that can afford all this stuff. It can be anybody. Come and have a cup of tea. You know, let the kids play together. And then it'll open up the the kids' social circles as well. Yeah. You know, so I think there's... Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's Somebody else mentioned to me, it's almost like a Trojan horse. Because if you yes. said, this is a dad support group, no, I'm fine, mate. Absolutely fine over here. Don't need yeah. any of that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you want a free beer? Do you want a game of pool? Do you want to go on a visa? Do you want to listen to some decent tunes and learn how to DJ? Yes, I do. Yeah. Once they're in... Then they see all these other fellas around them opening up and it's like, well, that's me. I can relate to, actually, I've got this thing that's bothering me. And I yeah. want it to be more, you know, accepted and commonplace. See The challenge that we've got is that we've got, we're a small team of volunteers and we've got day jobs and families and sort of dadless LaSalle is running the evenings and weekends and we rely on um, writing funding bids, you know, so people like Comic Relief and the National Lottery have been very good to us, yeah. but if we can get some, you know sort of major backing, then there's a reason to maybe launch these in towns and cities across the country. Because imagine if you know your your relationship splits up and your kids go and live somewhere else. Mm. Um, we had one dad bless him. He uh, travels down from Wales to Bognor once a fortnight and stays, stays in an Airbnb to see his kids. So he's got no access to, you know, the school ground or any of those relationships. And I think his relationship with his ex is quite tempestuous. Yeah. And therefore, she's going to be very guarded about any friendship groups that she's got. But from that, he'd come down and then he'd drive there two hours to come to one of our play dates because he knows he's got a group of mates there. It's uh it's a wonderful thing. And my last question was going to be,
0: what are your plans? But it sounds like, so at, at the moment, it's just based locally to you on the South Coast, right?
1: Yeah, South Coast. at the For the physical events, mm. we do a range of online stuff. You know, we've got the WhatsApp group and Facebook. And the the plans are if we can get some funding. You know, there's a range of different opportunities that have been presented to us through partnership with, with um, universities, We've been approached by Public Health England to do a a new project around mentoring for maybe young lads that don't have positive role models. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just need some funding and go, okay, look, it's like the Scouts. You know, you can have a chapter, or the Hells Angels, which way you want to look at it. There'll be chapters in different regions um, and it's sort of almost national network of support. But also then... You've got this very loud voice where we can change the the narrative around it. So we had a a conversation in the group about the the lack of changing facilities in blokes' toilets. Yeah, yeah. So we put some pressure on the local council, and they've sorted it in a couple of places. Imagine yeah, if you've yeah, got a, a national network of that talking to the right people, we can you know have some real influence in here.
0: Well, I wish you all the best with that. And and you know, I'd love to continue the relationship between the reset and and, and you guys because I think that you know it's brilliant, it's inspirational. I love the branding around it, mate. You know, I, you. I look it and I think that you, you know, immediately your social media output, everything. Let me tell people where they can follow you, although I will put the links in when I post this. Yeah. So it's uh so the is uh Dadla soul. At Dad LaSol, right? That's it.
1: Yes, at Dad Soul. Um, that's Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. There's a private Facebook group as well. Um, so the the day-to-day events are in Worthing. Uh we had several groups before COVID, but COVID nearly killed us. Mm. Um we had to go right back to Square where we lost all of the funding, but that's a, a long story for another time. Um but we with the membership, we've got two and a half thousand members in eight different countries so we've got dadless oldies that marries in new zealand because they've seen our stories and our our content go yeah this is me or in in the czech republic and so we we offer dadless old t-shirts and sweatshirts so every one of those that's sold goes back to fund a play date for a family that can't afford it fantastic a it's a sign but so when you're down the park you know, playing with the kids. So they, they're obviously a bit old to that now. Yeah. But, like, you'd wear your, your football colours and go, oh, yeah. look, there's another Gunnar uh, or Spurs fan. Right over there. Actually, oh, you're another Soli. Brilliant. Bam, yeah. I've automatically got this. It's like a bat signal. Yes. Right there, brother.
0: Yeah. It's really great, mate. Uh, dadlessoul.com. People can go on there and find out more and actually buy some stuff, which I'm looking I, I would, at no, right no. now. Oh. I
1: would like if... After this, if you send me your chest size, I'll send you a little present for Christmas.
0: Oh, what a top bloke. Um, listen, I, I absolutely love what you're doing. I'm so glad that we met. And yeah. um, and I wish Hold you all the best. because I think, I think the whole nation could could benefit from a, a local dadless. So I know when I, was, when I was young, when my kids were smaller and I was experiencing all the things that you have described so well, um, the, the feelings of isolation, loneliness, um, feeling patronised at times and, and all the rest of it. I, could, You know, something like this, if that had been in my local area, it would have been a no-brainer. I would have been delighted. So I really hope, wish you all the best and think this deserves to to grow much, much bigger. So Thank you, listen, th- thanks ever so much for joining me today as well. It's been a real education and very inspirational.
1: Thank, and the same for you, the conversations that I've heard that you're doing, it's, it's having meant Actually, talk really, really honestly. The the, the episode with Sean Rider, mm. I listened to, and there's a, the the lack of testosterone, I was like, "What the fuck? Yeah, oh, what, what? What? Wow! Just wow!" And the more we can have these these channels and these open conversations, maybe there's going to be a fellow listening that needs that support, and he's going, "You know what? I'm really struggling here, mate. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how to." Uh, but now I see that other people are doing this. I'm not alone. And, you know, the. Yeah, I going to say, yeah, on. somebody said to me there's a psychologist that we're working with. They said every time a, a dad comes to one of our events, there's one less chance that his wife or his mother's going to be setting up a charity in his memory.
0: Yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. So, you know, when we do this stuff and. If you open up, anyone listening, if you 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 know, if you open up just once or twice to another bloke or, or publicly about any struggles you've been through, big or small, it might just help one person swerve a crisis in their own life by reminding them that it's all right to talk and all right to not be okay all the time. Um, so let's just keep Absolutely. all of this going, all of us. Thanks ever so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, you know, uh, Dan, best of luck with, with growing even bigger.
1: Thank you, brother. Appreciate
0: that. All the best. Yeah. There you go, Dan Flanagan, a bloke with a massive heart who's doing something so valuable for dads and kids everywhere. I really hope that Soul can grow into a nationwide organisation. If you want to find out more, go to dadlessoul.com. And if you like The Reset, why not subscribe at sandelaney.substack.com. You get regular newsletters from me, plus this podcast delivered weekly to your inbox, and the full archive of over 70 episodes featuring the likes of Sean Ryder, Seth Myers, Irving Welsh, Alistair Campbell, and loads more. Plus, for paid subscribers, for a fiver a month, there's bonus weekly discussion podcasts every week. Until next time, gang, thanks for listening, be lucky, and don't let the dickheads get you down.